It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show. From Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In today's programme, Happy Tax Freedom Day. On Monday, June the 2nd, we all stop working for the government and start working for ourselves. But could we be celebrating this milestone earlier in the year? Unhappy Work Freedom Day also. Uh, what can you do financially if you have to stop working due to redundancy? Driven to drink, why city traders may soon be seeking solace in the bottle. And we have at least some good news, and some bad news, on the best savings rates. I'm Matthew Vincent from FT Money, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleague, Steve Lodge. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This Monday, UK taxpayers will reach a special milestone in the year. It's Tax Freedom Day, the day that marks the theoretical point in the year when we all stop working just to pay taxes to the government and start working for ourselves. It falls on the 2nd of June this year, which is one day earlier than last year. But before you get too excited and rush out to spend your extra day's untaxed earnings, that's only because it's a leap year. But your own personal Tax Freedom Day could fall a lot earlier in the year. According to unbiased.co.uk, the organisation that promotes the benefits of independent financial advice, an average of £183 per person is wasted on unnecessary taxes, which is a massive 14% increase this year on last year. So unbiased.co.uk is urging individuals to take action and reduce the amount of tax they pay each year to bring their own personal Tax Freedom Day forward. Um, Steve, uh, did you, like me, get excited at the idea of Tax Freedom Day being one day earlier until you read the small print? Well, well, indeed, Matthew. I did think it was slightly anomalous until I read elsewhere. At least one accountant's body claimed it was a day later, which perhaps is a more worrying... um, Accountants (laughs) accountants don't even know when you stop paying taxes to the government. But I suppose the bigger issue is it's, it's a hell of a long way into the year. Um, and so in that sense, I think unbiased sort of uh, uh, advice recommendations are absolutely right. I mean, we've, we've written a lot about things like cash ices. To me, they're an obvious no-brainer, um, especially if you've been a, you haven't had a great experience of stocks and shares ices. But don't forget, you take the cash ice out, you restrict yourself on the stocks and shares. Um, I think many experts would say that um, there's still not enough pension saving. And for all those people who say that money t- into a pension is tied up, you don't forget with a pension you get the upfront tax relief, 40%, the, the full high rate tax relief for a high rate of uh, 40% taxpayer. 
Um, for all the people who say that money in a pension is tied up forever and a day and so on and I might need it, let's be honest, the people who've got money ain't that far away from retirement. So it's really just an old-style long-term savings plan, if you like. And it, I suppose it's areas like this. It's cash, ISAs, well, uh, I suppose um, stocks and shares ISAs as well, uh, but pensions too, mm. that uh, people aren't taking advantage of, which is why we have this figure of £183 a year being wasted. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, even issues like, you know, we're all feeling the pinch at the moment, uh, fears of recession going into a slowdown and so on. Um, even paying off debt, if you've got a mortgage and you can't think of a better home for your savings um, or investments for, for that cash, then pay down the debt. Don't, don't earn the interest on a, on a taxable basis because you're almost certainly going to be better off on that simple equation in paying down the debt. Although in, in this week's issue, of course, we've got a an interesting um, question, uh, expert's question, uh, that, that looks at the issue of whether you're better off investing in a pension than paying off um, your mortgage. And in many cases, um, you'd be better off with the pension saving. And that, that's partly due to the tax relief that you're, you're going to get on your contributions? That's, that's a big part of it. The other part of it, of course, is running a debt, especially as we go into an era when inflation's a bit higher, means that, that de- the real value of that debt is denuded over time. And if you've got a decent mortgage rate, maybe it's worth continuing running that. Of course, many people will be in different situations. People who've just taken out new mortgages will be paying relatively high rates. People will be coming up for renewal and so on. And of course, you know, it's not purely a financial decision. There's, you know, an emotional decision. Many people will like the idea of just paying down debts. So really, it's a question of decide what your priority is in terms of debt or investment. But um, whatever you are going to invest, be it in a pension or a uh, a unit trust or any other kind of uh, equity investment, do it through a tax-efficient vehicle. Absolutely, think think tax-efficiently. And, and one final point for the sort of the 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 the, the givers out there: um, the results of one one of the slightly bizarre results of the income tax changes this year has been that um, uh, the, the tax relief you get, a high-rate taxpayer gets on gift aid payments, has actually gone up from eighteen to twenty percent this year. So. So you can do good by others and by yourself at the same time. And you might even bring your Tax Freedom Day into you know, earlier into possibly the end of May. <laughs> Wouldn't that be progress? Well, thanks, Steve. And uh, to find out how to um, defer the tax uh, you owe on capital gains and pay a lower rate later on, look out for the article in this week's FT Money in the Weekend FT on the 31st of May and online at ft.com forward slash money. Also look out for the um, the question that Steve mentioned about whether it's better to pay off a mortgage or to pay money into your pension. You can also send in your questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come in the programme, liquid assets, how to find profit in a bottle, and some good news and bad news on savings rates of more than 7%. But first, redundancy. According to new research from the Chartered Institute of Management, senior managers are losing their jobs at the highest rate since 2001. 
So far this year, the P45's cardboard boxes and bin liners have been handed out at UBS, Citigroup, Merrill Lynch, Royal Bank of Scotland and, of course, Bear Stearns. Now, here, some of the payoffs have looked relatively generous. But as the economy slows and the credit crunch bites harder, retailers and other economically sensitive employers may be less able to offer attractive redundancy deals. So if you only stand to receive the statutory redundancy pay, and that's just a week's money for every year worked for those aged 22 to 41, rising to a week and a half for older workers, but capped at £330 per week and capped at 20 years maximum, you need to take stock of your finances. To find out how you can prepare for the worst, Moira O'Neill of Investors Chronicle spoke to Julia Whittle, who's principal at Punter Southall Financial Management. Julia, um, there was some... Uh, news out last week um, from the Chartered Institute of Management and their research shows that um, senior managers in the UK are losing their jobs at the highest rate since 2001 and I wondered if you could give any advice for um, any people who are or may be um, on the road to redundancy. Yes and I think the numbers are um significantly higher than perhaps we've ever seen over a, over such a short period um, and I think the the, um, the future also looks very different to before. Um, people have been used in the city to being um, uh, made redundant uh, and there's a lot of job mobility but now the jobs look far less numerous than they did before and the, you know the bonuses and the packages uh, certainly uh, with the, the bank credit crisis seem to be coming down so I think this is important when you're being made redundant to um, bear that in mind um, and to make sure that perhaps you put um, um, more measures in place to make sure that your, your family are secure and you, you are secure you know, in the future. Um, I think one of the things that is, is key is that when you're um, you make sure, obviously, you negotiate the best possible exit policy that you can, um, and uh, not to forget some of the details. I mean, obviously, there's redundancy payment, but there's a lot of um, contractual issues that um, are often left over in the small print. Julia, what should you ask your employer about if you think you're going to, well, if you know you're going to be made redundant? Yes, I mean, I think the key thing is that you obviously get the best possible um, terms um, and, you know, uh, and many um, employers are wanting to, um, for people to leave on good terms and that's, that's quite right and there's treating employees fairly, which is, which is a very important part of people's policy now. Um, I think the key thing is to um, make sure that, as well as obviously redundancy um, payment, you have, um, you know, some of the... Um, smaller details are covered such as the contract uh, within your contract it may be that you can have a pension accrual included in your um, payment terms and that will make a significant difference uh, it may be that you want your seventh sacrifice to be paid into your pension that will be helped from a tax point of view that may not help liquidity wise but um, it's worth thinking about um, how important is it to keep up pension contributions um, during a period of unemployment? Well, it, it, it is all down to being able to do it, but if you can do it, it does make a difference um, if you're you know, paying into a pension on a monthly basis to keep that going. Those, you know, and, and particularly if you're in your sort of 30s and 40s, those years are significantly important for um, maintaining your, your cash pot. Um, at the end of your retire, you know your working period just before you retire. So it is very important; makes a big difference. 
Mm. Um, you mentioned liquidity issues. Um, wh what might they be, and, and wh what should, how could you restructure your investments to um, to, to make things more liquid? <laughs> yes, um, I think um, it's very important that you you know you have a look at your debt and make sure that you're paying the least amount. I mean it. It does go without saying, but people do forget to do it, and it's not. Sometimes it can cost little or nothing to um, you know to remortgage and get lower rates. And there are some good rates on the market at the moment. Um, and um, make sure that your cash is not you know you've got enough to cover you and work out exactly what you need and what you're likely to need. But then you know make sure that um, the money that you don't necessarily need in the next two or three months is put into useful cash vehicles where um, you're paying potentially less tax or you, you might want to look at a cash bond where your tax liability is being deferred to a period where your tax rates may be low and this depends on when you actually get made redundant. People being made uh, redundant now, I mean it's quite early in the tax year and it may be if that period lasts quite a long time you may go on to lower rates of tax if you have been on higher rates of tax in the past. If of course you get a job straight away then that won't be the case but it's certainly worth considering those things, also putting cash maybe into a spam house's name, using unused allowances there, and obviously making sure that the tax is as low as possible, because it does make a difference. That was Julia Whittle of Punter Southall Financial Management. And for Julia's financial checklist for those who are worried about redundancy, see this week's Investors Chronicle on sale from the 30th of May. Coming up, we have good news and bad news on savings rates of 7% plus. Before that, though, a new trading opportunity in the liquid asset class. It's one that has provided gains in excess of any equity market in the year to date. It's more liquid than gold, and it's a lot more palatable than crude oil. Yes, it's wine, or rather the finest wines in the world, the likes of Petrus, Latour and Chateau Mouton Rothschild. Prices for the top Bordeaux vintages have risen rapidly in recent years, driven by buying interest from India and China. This has produced large gains for wealthy honophiles, but has made it progressively more difficult for anyone without several hundred thousand pounds, or a large seller, to invest. But now ODL Markets is planning a spread betting opportunity on the LiveX 100 index, the world's leading index of fine wine prices. The downside, you don't actually take physical delivery of the wine, but the upside is you get leverage exposure to future price rises or falls, and of course no risk of anyone drinking your profits. So to find out more, I tasted an impudent, full-bodied cup of coffee with Duncan Anderson of ODL. Duncan, can wine really be thought of as an investment, or should it be just something to be enjoyed? You know, the, the cellar full of the dusty bottles, the ceremony of uncorking, the tasting, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, is it an asset you can just invest in? Well, I think purists would probably say that wine is strictly for drinking and shouldn't be anything else. But I think that as the price of wine increases, and we're seeing increasingly that some of the top wines now are falling outside the remit of uh, people's personal spending habits, that they need some mechanism to actually involve themselves in, in wine. Um, you can't leave wine to sit, just like a vintage car. You can't let it sort of fester in a garage. You want to actually drive it or drive something like it. So um, that's where we're trying to sort of create a product for clients to trade on. 
So this is a product that will allow people to certainly benefit from, I suppose, the, the quite significant increases in price uh, that we've seen in wine. How exactly does your, does your product work, or how will it work when it's launched? Well, it will be a futures price based on uh, various quarters within the, in the year, March through to December. And just like if you're trading um, cocoa, coffee, sugar, you can, you can trade this product um, as, as an asset class in its own right. So if you decide that you think prices of fine wines are going to go up, you basically buy at the, at the price quoted um, by you. If you think prices are going to fall, you sell and you know, profit from any decrease. That's correct. We've, we've, um, we, we'll be trading a uh, product called the LiveX 100, which is a basket of the top 100 fine wines that are available around the world. And from there, you can actually determine whether you think the price is going to go up or go down. I suppose these, these wines are the ones that you were talking about that might be outside uh, the, the price range you know, of, uh, you know, of certain investors, but they can get the exposure through your product based on the LiveX index. That's correct. Um, it's very difficult to, to physically buy your Mouton Rothschild or your Margot, but now you have a product you can actually actively sort of get involved in without actually taking delivery of the, the actual physical um, product itself. So yes, you don't have to then have the problem of <laughs> I haven't got a seller. What do I, what do I do with it? But, but you, but you get, you get the the enjoyment and I suppose the, the thrill of seeing the price go up. You get the expo- you get the exposure of price both going up and down as well. If you believe if you believe that, um, you know the wine or wine in general is is overhyped and it's a bubble, you can actually bet against prices um, increasing further. And so. Um, you're offering the prices um, for this particular product. How do you protect yourself against um, risk? Can you sort of hedge hedge your exposure to wine? I think as a as a as a spread bet, we make a two way market. But again, um, LiveX have the ability for us to physically hedge in the underlying. So if we were to find ourselves in a position where we were um, short a significant amount of wine, we could physically go and buy the underlying itself. So hedging could actually be quite good fun for you? If we get defaults, probably. Yes, because that's the only instance that we should be able to drink it. Uh, but just finally, um, what sort of price movements have we seen in the, in the LiveX um, index that your product is, is based on? Um, we hear about wine selling for, for very high prices. Uh, have they been gro- growing faster than equities faster than other asset classes? Well, certainly, I mean, there's a recent key data out at the moment. Uh, it's indicating that the LiveX 100 is up 24% year on year. And you base that against the FTSE, which is actually down 5.3%. So you can see there's a, there has been a massive divergence. And itself, um, you know, the LiveX 100 could be categorized as an as a asset class in its own right. So if you make enough money by trading the LiveX 100, you could one day buy your bottle of uh, Chateau Mouton Rothschild. Quite possibly, yes. Well, Duncan, thank you very much indeed for explaining that to us. Thank you. That was Duncan Anderson of ODL Markets. And to learn more about trading wine futures, look out for the Spread Betting Special Report in the Financial Times on Friday, June the 13th.
And finally today, it's good news, bad news on savings rates. Um, Steve, I hear that you can now get more than 7% on savings again um, if you're prepared to go further afield. If you're prepared to go further afield and if you're prepared to tie your money up. And how far do you have to go? Um, It's true that the very best rates are from these foreign-owned banks. Um, This week coming, um, Capthing Edge, which is Icelandic-owned, will launch a one-year bond, one-year fixed-rate bond, paying 7.01%, and is also pushing up the rate on its six-month bond to um, 6 and. 85, 6.85. Um, so, the, uh, so the good news, of course, is this, these are fabulous rates. Don't forget base rates have come down a total of 0.75% um, since December. Um, and yet these rates are, are as high as they've been since the credit crisis started. We, we, we know the background to that, that banks have been needed to appeal to depositors more, so they've pushed up rates. But at the same time, base rates have come down, so most savers are earning a lot less. Most savers are earning under 5% now. Big attraction of a fixed-rate bond as well is, of course, you're protected from further, whether it's a base rate cut or just a general denuding in savings rates, because, of course, these fabulous, super sky-high rates um, are costing banks to offer. Um, and over time, they will play their usual games to, um, to to reduce rates where they can. With a fixed rate, obviously, you're guaranteed the fix. And uh, 7% or 7.01% on a one-year bond, you know, as, you, as you're saying, is you know, almost as good as it's got. But there is, there is another um, offering out there, which is which is paying even more. Where's that from? Yes, I mean, some 10 days ago, um, the Nigerian-owned First Save Bank... Um, launched uh, bonds paying 7.1% uh, for a one-year bond, a two-year bond, a three-year bond. So if you're, if you're looking to tie your money up for the long term, then you can get 7.1% for th- three years. I mean, this has been one of the uh, curious uh, phenomena uh, of, 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 of this recent savings competition, that actually you paid more for tying your money up for the short term than the long term. Traditionally, you'd expect to be offered more um, to tie your money up for a longer term because of the commitment factor. Um, with um, the, In the last few months, what we've seen is it's the real competition has been around the six-month and the one-year mark, all of which, of course, has been above what you could earn on variable rates. Variable best buys, remember, are paying up to about 65 at the moment. And that's got to be very good news um, you know, for savers who, who don't want to make that long-term commitment. Uh, I suppose listeners may be wondering, well, what's the bad news in this um, how secure would my money be with an Icelandic or even a Nigerian bank? Um, is the deposit protection um, scheme still applicable here? It is. For the two banks you mentioned, Capthing Edge and First Save, they are fully covered, as with any other UK banker, Halifax and so on, or fully covered for, you, for the first £35,000 with each institution. Um, there, there is at least one Icelandic bank out there, iSave, which actually works on a kind of passporting basis, so European passporting basis, such that if, if there was a problem with the bank and depositors did need to seek compensation, then in the first instance they'd have to go to the Icelandic authorities and then be topped up by the UK authorities. Um, so, I mean, the wider issue is really, do you have more of a problem with UK banks? And I suppose... Uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> with UK banks, uh, Freudian slip, with non-UK banks. Um, the You could say that a, 
a, a, a solid core, boring UK bank is likely to be exactly the sort of thing that's going to be bailed out by Mr. Alistair Darling if he does another Northern Rock rescue, uh, Northern Rock style rescue. Um, are they going to bail out an Icelandic bank? No. He's not that generous. No. Uh, so, um, so, so there is clearly a, a, an element of extra reassurance there if you believe the government will step in. Um, the, I mean, I suppose you could also take the view that um, some of the institutions in the UK are very cautious. This is, this is commonly what the building societies would have us believe, that they've been far more cautious and they're far more at risk of the sort of problems that we saw last year with Northern Rock. Having said that, of course, don't forget, if you go back a year, everyone was telling you how Northern Rock was the most uh, brilliant, growth-oriented, low-cost um, bank in, the, in, the, in Europe even. Key question, though, would you put your money into the Kalpthun Edge account? Well, I think the question is stick to the 35 grand limit if you're going to do it. So obviously the rest of the Steve Lodge millions will have to go elsewhere. But you, well, would, you would put your money into this account. Well, as we were saying before, I'm, I'm of an age when I should be building up my pension and taking advantage of the tax relief or, next step, paying down the mortgage which, of course, is worth more to me than, than 7% after tax. Um, but it is worth pointing out that the, the other catch that, uh, to all this, of course, is you are tying up your money. With some of those bonds out there, you can get some access, albeit at losing a lot of the interest. With these, you are tied in. Counter to that, of course, is tied in for six months to a year. At a time of volatile stock markets, if you can't think to what, what to do with your money, then um, if you're not going to you know, back the RBS rights issue or whatever, then this might seem a, a relatively attractive, sleep-easy alternative so with I, the caveat of the foreign bank. Well, indeed. Well, so perhaps Iceland is not such a bad home for your money. Now, if you'd like to know more um, about this particular account and others, look out um, for Steve's Deal of the Week um, in FT Money with Weekend FT on the 31st of May. And that's all we've got time for in this week's FT Money Show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com and we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.